Audio conversation with Susan McLeod recorded Tuesday, September 18th, 2012. I first heard about Susan through a short little interview that was done by Jeff Rents. This was just an excerpt and it was posted on someone else's website. It might have been Brian Vike's website. I'm not sure. I, I, I tried to look up this story and search it out on the internet and listen to it one more time to prep for this interview, but I couldn't find it. It's, it doesn't seem to be online. Now, I never liked Jeff Rents, and so I've never really followed his show, but this short little interview, it was probably only 20 minutes long, and it was, uh, I think I was searching Bigfoot or something like that, and um, she tells a Bigfoot story, a Sasquatch story, that happened in 2005. I was riveted. It was amazing. In in this interview here, I asked her to retell it, and all these other details came out. And, and these details are, are really interesting. This story is fascinating, and, and this is the, the whole reason that I wanted to interview Susan. Now, Susan and I spoke on the telephone, it must have been over a year ago now. And, and i got to say, I was, I was totally delighted by her. She's got a great, big-hearted, warm energy. She's got a super sweet Canadian accent. And I and I also have to say she's not shy about like imitating owls, for instance. Uh, she does a bunch of sound effects during this uh, interview that that uh, uh, were great. Uh, she she obviously doesn't have any kind of ego issues with uh, you know making funny noises. And one detail that's uh, very important to the overall story of Susan is her lineage, her family heritage. She's has Native American background from Canada. From uh, she lives in Ontario. From the eastern part of Canada, and this plays a, a, a big role in, in, in the story you're about to hear. I, I wasn't sure what I was going to uh, get when I called her for the interview. I thought I would just touch on a few stories, uh, that Bigfoot story in particular, and um, and that would be it, and it would be a tidy, short interview. Um, that's, that's not what happened. We ended up talking for two hours. All of it was great. I was perfectly charmed the entire time. And, and I'm happy to say that I didn't talk too much uh, in this interview. Well, one thing I did not do is I didn't edit much. You, uh, you're going to hear me cough twice. I excuse myself and then hear me cough. And uh, I couldn't find those. I would have to listen to the whole thing again to uh, to actually pick those out. So I'm not going to worry about it. So I apologize in advance. That's the kind of thing I would love to snip out. But I'm more eager to get this up and online than I am to snip out uh, my coughing. So sorry about that. Oh, and let me add one more thing. The sound quality is not perfect. It's pretty good. Uh, Susan was on a telephone. I was talking on Skype. There's a few points throughout the uh, audio where the Skype just gets garbled for a half second, uh, and uh, there's nothing I can do about that. Uh, it doesn't really interrupt the flow of it, and you don't really lose any information. Just be aware that you're going to hear the uh, just the audio quality will get garbled just briefly. This interview is just a little bit more than two hours long. Please enjoy. Hello, Susan. This is Mike Cleland. Hi, Mike. How are good you? to hear you. Good. It's good <laughs> to hear you, too. Sorry I, I made, made the big mistake this morning, and I, uh, I misread oh, the, okay. the time zone difference. Oh, for heaven's sake. Yeah, I, I figured that, that something was up. <laughs> okay, you were, I hope you weren't just waiting by your phone two hours ago, twiddling your thumbs. Oh. Like, where is he? Oh, no. I, yeah, I had lots of stuff to do in the meantime, lots of emails to answer and phone good. calls. Good. So, I so didn't yeah, it worked out perfect. So, um, hey, just before we start, so you saw an owl this morning, or you heard one? Heard one, yeah. Well, it was, uh, I couldn't sleep all night. I was up 
uh, most of the night, and I guess it was around, well, it was still dark, and I heard the hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo, you know, and I thought, oh, there's the owl out there, and I went back to sleep, and then just, uh, it's funny, I just teased, I wonder what happened to Mike, and as soon as I, I thought that, hoo-hoo-hoo, <laughs> I thought, oh my God, he's still here, <laughs> so it's kind of funny, because I was emailing you at the time, and, and I wrote, I said, the owl just, you know, he just hooted again, that was so funny. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay, I'm just going to go up to my other phone. Great. I'm on a cordless right now. You sound great. Let's see how the other Good. one sounds. Okay. Hopefully it's not, it's not any worse. <laughs> okay, hold on. How does that sound? Oh, my gosh, that sounds great. You sound so much better. Oh, good, okay. You sound like okay. you're on a radio station, you know, so, yeah, you sound good. <laughs> Okay. Good, good. Here, let's just roll right into it. Um, so you say you do a lot of healing work, and uh, and what does that mean? Uh, I, I do therapeutic touch, and I've been doing it for 17 years, and I work by donation only. When I first took the course, um, I kind of flew through it, and by the end of the six months, I was lecturing with my teacher, who decided I had some sort of gift for for this uh we, we call it now therapeutic touch with a twist uh so yeah it's it's uh, i'm dealing with people you know through grief or their terminal or the doctor says we can't do anything for you you know and those, these are the people that i that i keep running into time and time again and and having some really beautiful healings happen amazing healings at times for people and i believe you know it's it's a dance between energy workers where, um, you know, we're working with this person as a jumper cable and whatever is coming through into them is, is they end up uh, orchestrating their own healing. So it's totally in their hands. It's a jumper cable and I'm out of the way. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's been a lot of unexplained things that have happened with, with some people I've worked with. Totally, you know, baffled neurologists, uh, oncologist, um, you name it. It's it's been really an amazing time for me. You now, know, give that, me an example. I, Tell me, just if share one story about one of your um, healing. Okay, episodes. yeah. There, there's one uh, really special story when I was first starting out, and I met this woman that I had a dream about about uh, a week before, and um, and her name's Pam, and she had at the time 13 scars on her brain she had multiple sclerosis and I say had because you know of course as we know multiple sclerosis is considered an, an incurable disease uh, she was ready for the interferon treatments she had been approved for home care because she had a rapidly progressing multiple sclerosis um, so you know she didn't have a driver's license at the time she was ready for a wheelchair when I her, her whole right side and she called it was her gimp side so we did the, the therapeutic touch with a twist, and the twist is I, I uh, use crystals. And that's a whole other story, getting into where that came from. Uh, so I was using uh, obsidian and just crystal points and energy. And I had a person assist me, a wonderful girl named Shelly. Uh, and Shelly was, you know, the grounder I, I called where she was, you know, working at her feet, keeping her grounded, and I was working in the other realms. Uh, that I work in, and Pam went into, after about 30 minutes, she had a slight seizure, 
And after that, you know, we, we carried on for another 20 minutes. And uh, so, you know, I told her she could open her eyes and, you know, how was she feeling? And uh, she's quite a character. And she, she came to and she said, oh, my God, I feel like I'm coming out of anesthetic. And, and when she sat up, you know, I, which, you know, to this day I always guide people up because it does feel like you're coming out of an operation or something. And, and she, she looked at me like shocking her eyes and she said, oh, my God, what did you do? And I said, I didn't do anything. And uh, so anyway, she got up, and her whole right side had feeling. She could walk. She moved her arm. She was crying and, you know, gave us hugs. And anyway, so in the living room was her family was waiting for her, and she walked out, and they couldn't believe it either. So she, she was so amazed that she, she kind of vanished on us. Like an hour, she decided she's going to go for a walk in the woods. So... There's Pam walking in the woods without without her little uh, crutch she had, a little uh, like a cane, and uh, you know that was left at the door. I noted, <laughs> and and you know no, I'm I'm just looking at her and I'm I'm kind of like oh my goodness, you know this is this is this is huge. So she went for the walk about an hour, then came back, and that was in I believe 1997, 96, no. 97, 98, sorry. And then she wrote me, finally she wrote a letter about it in the year 2000. And to this day, um, you know, I think she had three or four neurologists who looked at her who were completely baffled and started asking her, what did you do? Because she doesn't have one brain scar. There's nothing. Um, and so, you know, she, she couldn't explain it. But when she tried to tell them that she had therapeutic touch, this woman used crystals, you know, they put their hands up and said, okay, we can't hear about this because how do, how do we write this up, right? <laughs> so anyways, to this day, and, and um, talk about pay it forward, she ended up assisting me when I was called in 2004 up to Longlac by a chief to do healing on a village that was in crisis. And of all the people I called, nobody, everyone was busy. And I thought to myself, I, you know, I'm going to ask Pam because, I mean, she's healthy, she's, she's vibrant, she's just, just so gifted in many ways. So I called her, and with a hesitation, boom, she booked off work, and we were, next thing I know, we're on a train, we're headed, you know, on a 20-hour train trip to Long Lock to do healing. Um, and what happened there was, was incredible. We had to stop over to Edmund Inn. Um, which ended up our experience there um, because Pam thought it was so phenomenal. She contacted uh, a person who writes uh, Ghosts of Ontario or something, and we ended up being written in a chapter in this book of what happened to us there on our way to do spirit healing. <laughs> so, you know, talk about a, an, an amazing woman and what a trooper she was. She, she, uh, she worked hard with me. I mean, we were up at 7.30 in the morning, and we worked till 2 in the morning. Like, the people just kept coming and coming and coming out of the bush. We had a healing teepee, and, uh, and it, it just went, you know, on and on and on. So that, that's, that's the one. That's a great, can, yeah, that's, that, <laughs> yeah. That's one of many things that have happened. Now, and, no, so you and, said, let me, I'm going to ask a few questions about what you just sure. said. So first you said there was a village in crisis, and, and what does that mean? It, um what I got from the health people that phoned me was was the village was in a crisis where um, people were seeing dark entities, people were seeing a lot of the man with the hat 
hat. Now, I have never heard of that stuff. Oh, oh I've um, heard of the man with a hat thing. Yes, that shows yeah, up. And, and uh, there's I, an I, interesting I, story about that I'll share before we're done here. Oh, great, because I've met so many children. It was mostly the children and the youth that were seeing this man with a hat. Um, and, of course, the youth suicides were, were skyrocketing. So we were called up there to bring calm to the village and to heal the village. Um, and then another time I was called up there to facilitate a youth conference, which, which we got into, you know, the same thing. It was just youth in crisis. Um, it, it's just awful on some of the reserves. Uh, well, really, anywhere you go, you know, youth are in crisis, and suicide rates are skyrocketing. And that's what we're, where I've become, from the First Nations people, called me, um, uh, many times they called me a medicine woman, and I was a spirit healer. And where I ever got, you know, the knowledge to do this, I still to this day, I just point upwards because many people say, who taught you to do this? You know, who's your teacher? Because everybody has a teacher. Um, and and I, I just point up you know, and say, my teacher's up there. Now, <laughs> now uh, when, when you're pointing up and saying that, are you insinuating it's God or are you insinuating it's some sort of visitor experience? I, I just leave it to what they want to interpret. But for me, I feel it's definitely... Uh, godlike universal source energy and and yes I've had many visitations from interdimensional beings uh, that I believe are of a very high vibration that have assisted me along at times um, this is fascinating okay now one, one thing you said here and I think I know how you're going to answer this um, <laughs> you said right at the beginning of your story you said you've been running into people uh, that, that um, where you're you know where you can help them and can you describe what you mean by, like, just running into people? Okay. Um, like, for instance, I met this wonderful woman, Cheryl, and I still know her after 10 years. And I walked into a health food store very quickly, making, making a quick stop, and I was going in to get some honey. And uh, I went in there, and this woman was walking with, with you know, the shoulders were moving with her head. And, and I thought, oh, you know, she's just not well, this woman. And then when I'm around people who are really ill, I have this thing where my nose will run, and it's like water pours out my nose. And it just happens so fast that sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> excuse me. Um, so anyways, when I met Cheryl, that happened with me. And I knew we connected because that's my little, or I get goosebumps too. But w- with the nose running, I knew there was something really wrong here or something I could help with, po- you know, possibly. So I just asked her how she was feeling. And she said, honestly, she said, I'm in pain, my neck is hurting. And so I said, if you got two minutes, I said, let's step into the corner. I said, if you're open to this, I said, I I do this energy healing work. And uh, I said, I could possibly help you. So it it really took maybe two or three minutes. I just put my hands up and and just combed the area and and just, you know, did did some really light work. And all of a sudden, she, she said she heard a click something clicked in her ears and and the pain left her neck and that's how we met it and you know it's been all these years and she said I'll never forget you know she said I'll never forget meeting you just I was in such pain that day and when you left I had no pain so that's that's I mean it's just really random you know like going to a powwow I met another woman I, I saw my grandmother walk behind her in spirit and I knew to pay attention to this woman which ended up you know I ended up uh treating her and she had solidification of the lungs and um where i do make some uh colloidal silver water i I believe in silver water and she 
you know, she had a, she was deemed a miracle by her doctor. Um, so that was like, uh, you know, another experience. Wow, this is great to hear because your your website is is uh, is all about your healing skills. And what's the title of your website? You can share it here. It's uh, healingquest.ca. Good, and and I'll I'll make sure there's a link to that on the show notes when I post this. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah, and actually, there's before this is up, I may ask you a few questions about my own. Um, some of my own issues and just if you can mm-hmm. give me just a, whatever whatever insight you can get I'm always searching okay um, now no, the entire reason that I found you and I cannot mm-hmm. remember we had a phone conversation it might be close to a year ago now um, where we talked oh. I remember we talked for a long time and then I said mm-hmm. oh I want to interview you and you you agreed and then and then I don't know why it's today is the day um, <laughs> that's but, how it worked <laughs> yeah it's it worked out great so um, the the uh, the story I would love for you to share the story where you saw the the Sasquatch in your yard, and I I want to if I may interrupt you a little bit just to get more details along as you're telling it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that that was that was uh, August the fifteenth, two thousand five, and it was it was uh, one of the most incredible experiences uh, I I think of my life, where you know I I ran into a group of these beings. Um, but what I'll do is I'll, I'll walk you through what started that morning. I had, and I totally forgot about this, Mike, un- until I, I found the bill. I found my old dental bill, and I went, oh, my God, that's August the 15th, 2005. That's, that's the day I had this, this crazy experience where a dental hygienist <laughs> um, was totally, um, you know, for lack of a better word, she was blown away, and, and so was I. Um, what happened was I, I was I was due to get all the roots of my teeth scaled, and it's a very painful process, and and I can't have anything with adrenaline because you know it just sets my heart off. So I've I've kind of um, uh, taught myself to do self hypnosis, um, and going back into um, some other hypnosis stuff uh, years ago I was. Uh, I was told I was awarded a scholarship that these doctors in Mount Sinai wanted to meet me, so I had a three-day um, symposium with them, and, and I was supposed to be, you know, after that I was I was going to have a hypnotherapy certificate and all this, which I told them to keep. <laughs> I said that, you know, I'm, I don't need this certificate, and I doubt I'll ever use this because I'm, I'm already using, like, creative visualization for things. So, so I, I, they kept their, their diploma and everything else, but they were wonderful people, but they did teach me a lot of skills which I used this day. So I took myself out of my body, and I told the hygienist, don't give me any painkillers, no freezing, I, I can't take it. So I told her I, I would be counting myself back, and pretty soon I'll be out of my body, and I won't feel anything. I said, but do me a favor. I said, just don't talk to me too much. I said, I'll let you know if I'm in pain. You'll hear me. But I said, if I'm not you know, moaning or groaning, don't talk to me. Don't bring me back. And she said, okay. So for two hours, I was out of my body, and I, I had a hard time counting back because it, it was so painful. It, you know, I was in a lot of pain when she started, you know, with the, you know, and they're up under your gum. And so finally, I was having trouble, and I called to, now this is going to sound different, I, I was given um, a false face mask. It's the healing mask of the Mohawk people, I believe. I was given a gift of this mask for healing. So 
of all things that appears to me because I, I couldn't get under and I was just calling out to whatever beings are out there to help me get under was this, this mask of hairs. I thought, oh, so this mask all of a sudden takes me. I'm on a horseback and I'm going to the sun dance. And I ended up at the sun dance at this huge ceremony that I've never been to in my life. <laughs> Maybe another one. Um, anyways, every time that this woman hit a nerve, this, this like native guide man would show up in my vision and he was being pierced with an eagle claw through his chest and he would look me right in the eye and he would pierce and he took my pain. So this went on for two hours and we went back, we were dancing at the powwow and so finally, at a, after about an hour and a half, the hygienist says to me, how are we doing? She goes, this is hurting me more than you. And I went, ah, you know, so she brought me out. Now I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, I'm feeling the pain a bit and I'm saying, no, I'm okay. She goes, do you want to take a break? I said, no. Now I had a hard time getting back. So all of a sudden I'm in this, this room. It's beautifully, you know, soft greens and beautiful, you know, beautiful, beautiful bedroom. And there's this, this big golden lab retriever dog and he's sitting at the end of the bed, and he's looking at me. And again, she hits a nerve. And this dog you know, gives me his paw, and he's like, <laughs> you know, like whining, and he gives, gives, gives me his paw. And, and I'm, you know, looking in his eyes, and this dog takes my pain. So I'm thinking, oh, this is, this is amazing. Thank you for this dog to be here. So anyways, we're done. It's two hours later. And, and I'm telling her, you know, where I was at the beginning. I'm at this this Sundance and, and trying to explain to her where I was because she was really interested to hear, you know, how I did this because she says, oh, my God, she says, you had no freezing. I've never seen anyone do this. <laughs> she thought I was crazy. So then when I told her, I said, but the second part, I said, when you talk to me, and, I, and remember I said, don't talk to me. I said, you brought me out. And I said, hey, I ended up in this beautiful green room with, you know, I explained, you know, the, the drapes and the tiebacks and what was on the walls, and I said, this, this golden retriever sitting there. And now she's pushing her chair back from me. Her drill stops. Like, like she, she was like, you know, whatever she did, and then she, she said, the drill just went off. And I, and I said, okay. And she says, well, it doesn't usually do this. And she tried to start it up, and it wouldn't start. And then she looked at me, and she said, are you doing this? And I said, no, why? And she said, well, she said, just a minute. So she calls these other two girls in from the front desk, and she said, tell them the story again about the dog. I'm like, okay. So I'm telling about the room and the dog. And now they're all looking at each other, and the one girl just leaves, and she's just like, you know, she has this look on her face. And I, and I thought, okay. <laughs> well, anyways, the hygienist says to me, you just described my bedroom and my dog. And she told me her dog's name. And, you know, I remember leaving... And that was the morning of the Sasquatches. <laughs> so I remember leaving there. They're all looking at me out the way. Even the dentist, he kept, you know, coming in with this tray full of needles. You know, are you ready? Are you ready now? And I said, no. But anyways, they wrote it up at the clinic. And it's on my, my chart there. She says, do you mind if we make a note of this? She said, this is just incredible. So there was another thing that, you know, Sue goes to the dentist. And then this happens. And these people are freaked out. <laughs> so anyways, um, you know, later that night, I just lost my friend, Barry, and I decide I need to do um, a, a drumming and a, and a song to him to guide him on his spirit journey. And so I asked my husband if he would make a fire for me in the teepee, and it was 
it was late at night. It was around, you know, 10, 30, 11 that he prepared the fire for me, and I was getting my drum ready. Oh, oh here, let me interrupt going. just for a second. Can you just describe... Oh, sure. um, can you just describe the, the the house you live at and where the teepee is? Um, oh, sure. I've seen some I've, photographs I've seen. online. Oh, and also let me add one more thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, your, your your audio is coming through really clear, and I'm using it's like the way I'm calling. I'm using I call through the computer and it records it. It's this amazing thing. But every right. once in a while, that it's got a flaw in the system. So it so I may ask you to repeat something. You're just dropping out for just two seconds or so. It hasn't been an issue, but I may ask okay. you to repeat something before this is all done. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, okay, so just if you could just describe the, the house um, and how the teepee is set up. Okay, yeah, well, the house, we ended up, we built it ourselves, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's in a very secluded area of, of a river that backs onto, you know, hundreds of acres of, of, uh, of land, a forest, and it's, it's a very, very quiet area at night. Um, the teepee was, was away from the house, I would say, oh, maybe about 150, close, maybe 200 feet from the house. I'm trying to think back there. Um, and we had the teepee right by the river um, set up. And, uh, and my friend had painted the teepee for us. Now, he painted a bear on the back of the teepee and my shield. I was given a gift of a shield and a vision, and he painted my shield on the, on the teepee as well. And um, so, yeah, I'm about, I'm going to guess and say 150 feet from, from the teepee to my house. Um, the house is, is built, you know, up closer to the road, and, and the teepee is back. So it was a very nice, beautiful setting, beautiful house. Uh, we, we did end up moving from there because things got just a little too much. My family was in crisis, and we decided to move from there, unfortunately. And uh, I'll tell you more about, about that later. <laughs> we thought we moved. <laughs> um, so, so anyways, um, we... You know, we got the fire ready that night and um, ended up going um, into the teepee. I took my drum and I took, you know, my sage and uh, and my other um, things with me that that I used to pray with, you know. And uh, and I was I was just setting up and I did some drumming and and that's when I heard what I thought was a bear walking through. And uh, so I was very quiet and listening, and uh, it, was, it, it actually brushed the back of the teepee. It was so close, I thought, was a bear. And uh, so anyways, I, I could certainly say, yes, that's a bear. I, I can smell him, you know. It smelled like a very damp, musty kind of odor was coming through, and I was like, whoa, you know, that's definitely a, a bear. And so anyways, I was just quiet, and, and I kept putting more sticks on the fire and just making noise because usually if you make noises, you know, the bears will, will scare off pretty pretty quickly. So I decide I'm going to go up to the house, that the bear is probably passed, and I did hear lots of, you know, branches snapping, the usual stuff you'd hear when they're passing through, you know, because it's, it's a forested, very rugged area of the river. And uh, so when I got out with everything and I'm, walking up towards the house I come out of the teepee and I'm now I think I'm heading toward the west anyways I look over to to my right which is on the river and I notice these two red lights or reflections and I now there there is a road way over and I thought to myself at the moment that those were car um the taillights going up the hill 
And then I realized that can't be a car. <laughs> and now I'm realizing too that these lights reflecting back on me. There's there's more lights. There's there's like another set of red ones, you know. And then lower there's there's a yellowy light and and I and a greenish light. And I'm thinking to myself, the heck is this? And as as I'm looking, I'm realizing, you know, I kind of froze because this, this all happened within seconds of, of noticing, you know, the first red lights, which were eyes. I, I froze and I realized I'm looking at, at a group of, I thought, standing bears at first. And I thought to myself, there's no way. You know, I'm looking, I know what I'm seeing, and I'm saying to myself, there's no way I'm seeing this. There's just no way. So I'm frozen. And now... Realizing what I'm looking at is, is I believe, was a family of Sasquatches, uh, you know, no doubt. I, I became frozen in fear. You know, natural human reaction. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something you don't understand. And now it's just that, it's just like that wash of fear comes down. It starts at your head. It washes down your feet, hits your feet, and comes back up again. And, and I'm just feeling like cold. I'm feeling wet. I'm feeling definite fear. And, and I know from the work that I do in, in, in healing and everything else that I've been involved in some situations where, you know, you don't want to go to fear. You, you just don't want to go there because it's just not a good place to be. So I'm really trying to, at this point, I'm protecting myself. I'm thinking of, you know, survival of, of are these things going to live at me? You know, are, are they here? I'm just going to vanish. All these things are racing through my mind quickly because I'm in this fear, fear base. So I, I decide I'm just going to not turn my back and I'm going to somehow, you know, out of my peripheral vision, I'm going to get back into my teepee because <laughs> uh, it's safe in there. I, I, for some reason, I can only think to get back in there by the fire, get back to the fire. So I did and I got back in. Now my heart's pounding. I'm just, just scrambling, looking around for something to use in case these things come at me, you know, and not thinking at the moment that, you know, that this is probably not going to happen, but, you know, it's just like this survival instinct that kicks in to protect yourself. So I've got some sticks. I'm sticking them in the fire, and I'm, you know, getting them hot in case i got to poke one of them in the eye, you know, if it comes in after me. And, and all these thoughts are racing through my mind, and I'm thinking I've gone crazy. You know, I'm losing it. So anyways, I, I, I settle myself enough, and I sat in there long enough that I thought, they got to be gone. Nothing's come in. I'm safe. You know, they're gone. So anyways, I, I decide pick up my stuff and I'm just going to go to the house, just get to the house. Because now I'm thinking, the kids. I'm thinking, i, I got to get to the house. Like all of a sudden, it's like the kids, the children. You know? Well, they were, they were you know, um, 10, 11, and 13, I think, around those ages. Now they're, you know, in their 20s. So anyways, I, um, I, get, I get out of the teepee and I'm walking towards the path that takes me up into my house. So I'm looking, you know, I really don't want to see them again, but, but I just kind of want to know if they are here, where they are, just so I can give myself some time or if I have to run for it, you know. So I'm, I'm getting up the path, and I'm looking, and I'm thinking, oh, God, they're gone, thank God. So I, I'm making the turn up into my house, and then something catches my eye just down the river from me, and it's probably maybe, you know, 200 feet away, maybe 100 100 to 200 feet away, I see the group of them, and they're still in the same formation. They're still standing all together and, and looking my way. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, they're there. Now, now they're did, still they, here. did they move? So they were in the same spot or no? 
they moved from my teepee, they moved a good 200 feet, but they were still in the same formation where you had, you know, the two, the two bigger ones in the back and the smaller ones were in the front of them, almost so presenting eerie. themselves as a family. That's what I got. I, I thought there, there was, you know, there was five of them and there was five of us. I had three kids and it was, you know, me and my husband and I thought, wow, this is, you know, later in reflection I realized that was a family of them. There were, there were, you know, it was, it was like mom, dad, and the kids. It, yeah. it was incredible. Yes, yes, that's my, my interpretation too, yeah. Yeah, I, I, no doubt. I, ha I just have no doubt about it. <laughs> so anyways, I, I get to the door of my house. And there is my daughter, and she flies the door open, and she says, Mom, we need help. And, you know, my little guy, Maddie, comes up, and he's crying, and Robert, who's never really, you know, reacts to too much, and he's a pretty cool guy, he's rather rattled, and he says to me, you've got to do something. There's black things, and they're flying all through the house. Now, I haven't even had a chance to tell them what I saw. Because I'm just so amazed that I saw this. And I, I was like, i got to get to make sure the kids are okay. And then I want to tell them, I, I saw Sasquatches. You know? <laughs> I was so kind of excited because now I'm in a safe place. And I want to tell, tell somebody what I just saw out there. And now I realize I can't tell them. There's no way I can tell them. Because they are so frightened themselves. i got to calm them down. So I get my sage out and I you know, smudge through the house, and we go through the house, and I'm telling them it's all okay, there's nothing to be afraid of, the black things are gone, and meanwhile, I'm like, er, you know, inside, and um, so I'm like, so where's dad, you know? Oh, well, oh here, so, so just let me interrupt yep. real quick. Now, when you said the black things that were flying around, how did, can, did they describe, did you see them, or it was mm -hmm. only, only your children that saw them? I did not see them. My children saw them, and my husband, who was up in the garage, he had a story to tell, too. Um, the kids said they were they were just black, like like they'd see them out of the corner of their eyes, and it was so fast, like they were very fast moving. They just said black things, and that's all they could describe as things. I you know for years I'd ask them to go back. It got to the point where my children got angry with me for for wanting to ask them about it. It became a, almost a taboo subject that we couldn't discuss because they didn't want to go back there. And I so did. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, this so, is interesting. Yeah, I would, I would, I, I could see both sides of that—the wanting oh, to yeah. explore it as well as the wanting to to deny it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But yeah, it was it was a really touchy subject after a while. Um, it it has cleared up today because um, you know my son, Maddie, he 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 ended up you know having an encounter. Um, my son Robert was followed by something that pushed him. You know, one night, and my daughter and her girlfriend leaving our house after we moved, they both saw one. So it was kind of neat. Like, after years later, they said, you know, you know what, Ma? <laughs> we just saw it, too, and, and we're sorry. Like, we'll never, we'll never say anything to you about this again. And now they wanted to discuss it, and they wanted to talk about it. And then, you know, we talked, and then it was shut down again. It was like, that's enough, because my friends, you know, are coming over, so let's just not talk about it, okay, Mom? Because <laughs> you know? okay, so, we don't want everyone to think we're crazy. <laughs> so so back to August 15th, and, and so you've, mm -hmm. you've used a sage to smudge the house. Yeah, and, uh, and that's when I said, where's Dad? And he's up in the garage. So, so now I'm just dying to tell, 
to tell Mel, uh, my husband, to tell him what I saw. So, you know, I, I am rather upset that this, the, whatever it was was in the house frightening the kids, and I didn't put the two of them together yet. I thought this was two separate incidences, like a coincidence, which I'll tell you it was not. Mm-mm. They were definitely, definitely linked. So I get up to the garage, and I had to go up, you know, some stairs because we built down into the side of a, of a hill. It's a beautiful place. Um, get up there, and there he is in the garage. Now, it's after midnight, and my husband's pretty woodsy, and I get up to the garage, and it's locked, which I kind of thought was strange. And he had um, something over the door, I remember. Like, like he had tacked something up over the door. So anyways, I'm knocking on the door, and I'm saying, hey, you know, let me in. And so the door opens, and, and Mel opens the door, and the first thing he says to me was, what the hell was your buddy into? I said, what are you talking about? And he said, your buddy that just died. He said, what was he into? I said, what do you mean, what was he into? He said, well, I'm going to tell you something. He says, he said, I've been sitting here for the last half an hour, and I've had black things flying around here, in here in the garage, and I've had shadow people at the windows. And now I just went, oh, my God. So took a deep breath and wanted to tell him what happened to me and, and to make him feel better. I just said, you know what, I just got in the house and something happened in the house, but it's okay. I smudged. The kids are happy, but they saw black things too. You're not crazy. He says, I, I just don't know about this, you know. And, and he, he, I must say, he, he, was, he was angry at me. So I kind of thought, I can't tell him what I just saw. So now I'm upset. I, I'm, I'm now getting the chance to feel myself. You know, I'm starting to really revel in what happened, and it's sinking in deeper and deeper and deeper into levels that I'm going, oh, my God. So I walk out onto our road, which is now maybe 40 feet from our garage is the road, and I walk out there, and it's a wonderful clearing, and I can see, you know, the sky, and I just decide I need to pray to God. <laughs> I need to pray for for help because I'm I, I need help here. So I go out there by myself, and I'm standing in the middle of the road, and and I'm looking up into the to the heavens, and I'm saying, dear God, you know, just 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 praying to to help me have some clarity on this, and and just asking what is going on here. You know, I don't understand this what's what's happening and and that's when i noticed now this is this gets really crazy um there was these three i thought were satellites or stars and I, and they just caught my eye at first they were blinking and then i realized they're moving slowly because you know you're praying you're looking up in the stars and i just i'm just looking right at it and the the one you know like a pyramid um formation like a triangle say the the one that was like tailing at the end all of a sudden goes like and it just made this move that I went that's not a satellite <laughs> the satellites don't do that that's impossible and as I'm thinking this the the lights are are like um, ah, kind of the words for it they're they're kind of like swirling in, into, I couldn't say if they were yellow or if they were amber or if they were orange. It, it was like, like, like this, these three colors that kind of melded in, into to one color of like a beautiful, 
orangey-amber color, and then I'm trying to follow them because it seemed like maybe they were separating, the lights were separating, so now I'm yelling out to Mel, <laughs> you know, to please come out here, come out to the room, look up and see what these lights are doing. You know, I got, come, come out. So he comes running out because I'm, I'm probably screaming at this point. And um, so he comes out and I'm pointing, I'm saying, look. And, and they were just moving so slowly apart. And, and I said, do you see them? Do you see them? And he said, yes, I see them. And that's, and that's when all of a sudden um, I, I didn't see the other stars that you could see in the middle of them. And, and it was like whatever it was, was I felt like, like it was almost like cloaking or something was coming down out of the heavens. And these lights became part of, I know this will sound insane, it, it became part of like, like a ship. It was like I was looking underneath the hull of a great ship, and all I could all I could think of at the time was this looks like the Titanic. <laughs> you know, it was it was huge. It 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 had such an unusual shape because it floated over the trees like a blimp. There was no sound. There so, was not so a sound. So how close to the trees would it have been? Well, the, I'm I'm gonna guess here and say. Two or three hundred feet. Oh, so that's very close. Okay, yeah, keep going. Oh, it was very close. <laughs> it was so close. We saw little lights that weren't round. They were almost oval um, that lined the side of, of it. Um, the back, it, it's like if you, it's really hard to describe this. If you cut the, if you cut an ocean liner in half, you would have this kind of a V shape right, in the back, mm-hmm. like if you cut the ship in half, that's what it looked like. But it, it was just a, a luminescent bluey, and, and the blackness was, was the, the black that, that took up where the stars, where you would have seen the stars, because it was so, it's so incredible to describe this. <laughs> it's, um, it was like definitely something that formed into a semi-solid matter of some sort of, a, for lack of better words, I'm going to say a craft. And that's when I thought to myself, this is all related. This, this, the, these beings I saw with the glowing eyes, the Sasquatches, the, the light, the, these, these black things that were flying around, the, these shadow people that were walking, and how coincidence that now we have this happening too. So and and like, also add um, that now, years later, you, you've actually made the, the correlation that the, the, um, uh, the visit to the dentist also. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that I, I didn't even think of at the time. You know, it was just like, I went to the dentist, had this experience, the hygienist was freaked out, you know, <laughs> we moved along. It was just like another experience of, of many that I've had, but it was really cool. But but it was when I found the bill that I correlated that oh my God here here we have it this was this happened this morning and now this so something was something was stirring something was up and so that I happened think. in two thousand <laughs> that happened in two thousand and five on August fifteenth now here's a little yeah. funny story and I think I shared this with you um, mm-hmm. you know you post things on Facebook mm-hmm. and and I think you said something on August fifteenth of I think it was last year. You said, um, you know, August 15th, mm-hmm. the anniversary of my awakening. Yeah. And then I have a friend. Her name is Anya Briggs. And she um, 
has had her own set of experiences. She's a very gifted psychic. Um, mm-hmm. And she had an experience, I think it was 2008, where it was August 15th, 2008, where she saw a uh, giant UFO above New York City where she lives. Didn't oh understand, God. well, no one else saw it. She was the only one that saw it. <laughs> and then when she got home, she started writing in a pen ferociously, like longhand, just writing page after page after page of this information, this kind of channeled information. So, mm-hmm. And then after that point, she started her healing, um, excuse me, her psychic, uh, uh, she started working as a psychic. She started doing it as a, as a you know, as a job. Wow. Yeah. So, so it was funny to see that um, <laughs> you both wrote August 15th, the anniversary of our awakening. And I will add that August 15th of last year, the day that I saw that, um, that posting that both wow. you and Anya put, I had a, a very strange dream where I was um, at my girlfriend's house and, um, you know, I dreamed I was in the bed mm-hmm. and then I dreamed I got up and walked downstairs and out onto her driveway and looked up in the stars and I can't remember I wrote this down I can't remember like it was sort of an expectant feeling like okay I'm, I'm waiting for something mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then I came back in the house and um, now this is where that it was a little more dreamlike in this section because when I came back in the house it was a little less like her house and it matched the house I grew up in so that that was that's an interesting detail because it you know, it felt wow. dreamlike in that in that moment. So then I get back in bed, and then I notice there are five. This is interesting. There are five beings at the base of my bed, or at the base of the bed that I'm. That, oh you know. my god! So, oh, but this I just is very. Got <laughs> yeah, it's very dreamlike. It's very dream. So it feels like a dream as I remember it now. It feels like a dream, but I sit up in bed. I'm not. I'm not scared at all, and and mm-hmm. they're kind of like I don't want to say ghost figures, but they're kind of like um half translucent and they, they don't really have a form. They just like, like an outline of a human mm-hmm. figure basically. And I, and I put my hand through them and wow. my hand passes right through them. So there, so it's like, there's, there's no physical reality of them that my hand would touch, but I did sense like a, uh, like a disturbance in my hand. So it felt like, mm-hmm. like maybe I was feeling static electricity or something as I passed my hand through them. And then now this is, and I've had this conversation with Anya and the way it felt, it felt like my dream was suddenly hijacked. And suddenly I had like really like a slideshow appearing before my eyes of really horrible, gruesome images, like creepy horror movie images, just one after another, like a slideshow on rapid, you know, uh, you wow. know like rapid sequencing. And, you know, each image was, <clears throat> I'll add that each image was like really like highly art directed you know like if it was an album cover like a really gruesome album cover or something like Mm -hmm. like it would have been really someone would have designed it really well and someone would have figured out the you know the balance of the of the of the layout and that's each one of them was was highly uh art directed i don't know another way to say it Mm -hmm. so and then it was so disturbing that i that i basically jolted myself out of sleep so suddenly i was awake Mm-hmm. And I was looking sort of sideways from the bed at the wall, and the room was lit up. Now it was early dawn, and there was a little bit of light in the room. But the but the slideshow continued before my eyes, even though I was fully awake. And I'm not sure if it lasted 30 seconds or 10 seconds, but but for a moment the slideshow kept on going cha-chink, 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 cha-chink before my eyes as I was in a fully conscious state. 
my God. And it was, and it was, so that happened on August 15th of last year. As you're telling me that, Mike, and I have to tell you this, my right arm has gone numb. And it was like I got zapped on my shoulder area and something went up the back of my neck and I felt this little twinkle in the back of my neck. That's, that's, that's incredible. When you said you put your hand into them, like my hand is numb, my, my left, my left hand is not interesting. Wow. So what's mm-hmm. your, what's your, my, my impression is that there was no physical experience that night. I, I, I sense that I probably never left the bed, even though I have a memory of kind of going downstairs and looking up at the stars. Um, in the driveway. My sense is I probably never left the bed and there was some sort of theatrical projection. Um, and -hmm. I will say by like the, the, the sense I got from these translucent beings was very benevolent. It was very, there was nothing scary. I remember being surprised that I wasn't scared. And Mm -hmm. then it felt like, and I'm, and I'm using this term, it felt like it was hijacked. It felt like the dream, like almost like a demon jumped into the dream and took over and just mm-hmm. and just tried to scare me. Hmm. That's and I don't know if that's true or not, but that's that's the sense I get. That's the way it 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 fits if I play it oh, out that way. Yeah, it certainly is a traumatic experience. I remember I was oh. pretty shook up that morning. I mean, I was very shook up mm-hmm. that morning because the feeling of of that scary slideshow, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I couldn't control it. Like I couldn't just sort of shake my head and 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 shake myself out of it. Wow. Yeah. That, that's that's incredible, and also as you're as you're you're telling me that story, I'm hearing in the phone this thing that sounds like a rattle. It's like a. Oh, it might be. My, is it might be my? Is it my headset doing this? No. Okay. No. Just... It sounded like the rattle of a rattlesnake. Oh wow! Like a. Yeah. Okay. In- oh. in- interesting. <laughs> so here, let me. So note lem- note that. Um, yeah, that that is that is one hell of a of a like a night terror dream. You know, having all these these things flashing before you and and those experiences—that's not nice. That's 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 a terrible. Oh, it was terrible. The, the 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 events with the um with the slideshow were very short. I don't think it lasted like in real time. It probably would lasted less than a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very it was very shaky. I mean, it was very like I couldn't control it. Like it felt like it was being projected into me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other parts could, of the dream were very, very well benign be. and very pleasant. Like there was nothing scary at all about seeing those five. And it's interesting because the five entities at the base of the um, the bed, and then you saw the five Sasquatch both on August fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Now here, yeah. let me let me share one more story about August fifteenth. Um, I love it would, this. <laughs> it would take me a long time to fill you in on everything, but this. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I had a psychic reading in 2009 with this woman, Anya Briggs. Mm-hmm. And um, in the middle of the psychic reading, she says, do you know Byron, Wyoming? Do you know Byron, North Dakota? And mm. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And just kind of blurted it out. She was totally doing very normal stuff. She was saying, eat less salt. Mm-hmm. You should you should eat more olive oil. She, very straightforward things. It wasn't like anything uh, mm-hmm. airy-fairy about what she was saying. And then all of a sudden, it just she blurted out, that and she didn't know what it meant i didn't know what it meant um i searched online and byron north dakota and byron wyoming it took me a while to find this i actually posted it on my blog and it and this went over probably over a month where okay. i posted these things and there was that. all these other incidents that were showing up on this map and and the, all these these things created like a uh, like a friend of mine had died 
and and then there was someone had seen uh, 28 owls on a fence and taken a photograph of it. So I found oh, the location wow. of the, I called the guy up. Actually, excuse me, I wrote him a paper letter and mm -hmm. I found the location of the 28 owls. And then I, I just, I just knew that my friend had died in, uh, his name is Mac Tonys. He died in Kansas City, Kansas. Excuse me, Kansas City, Missouri. He died in Kansas City, Missouri. And, um, and then the, the 28 owls on the fence was also in Missouri. And if you took a ruler and made a line on a map and, and went straight north from mm -hmm. it, it, it all lined up perfectly and it, it bisected this little dot on the map of Byron, North Dakota. Oh, wow. Now, if you take a ruler and you put it on a map, and I've actually zoomed in on a computer, um, like high resolution computer maps and like mm -hmm. gotten this down to the micro inch. Uh, and it, it goes, if you, if you make another line starting, uh, just south of the Canadian border in Byron, North Dakota, and then make a clean line that goes directly through Byron, Wyoming, and you continue that line. Now on the map, this line is like 800 miles long. If you continue mm -hmm. that line, it goes directly through my house the house that I'm sitting in right now. Oh my God. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That's incredible. That's totally. And, and it's in here now. I'll also share that when I was, when I was making these maps, like as soon as I got the clue, someone actually emailed me and said, Hey Mike, you know, there is a Byron, Wyoming. You can look it up online. There's a Byron, Wyoming. As soon as he said it, I knew like at a deep, like, Knowing. profound knowing it just like i just it like some voice in my head just declared it and said if you've made a line it'll bisect your house and sure enough it did and the same thing happened i had that same exact knowing deep down when i connected the other two lines from kansas from my friend's apartment in kansas city through the sighting of the 28 owls on the fence and then all the way up to byron north dakota that's incredible now if that if, if you listen to the, the psychic reading, which I actually posted part of it online, excuse me, <clears throat> if you listen to the psychic reading, which I posted online, the um, the woman, Anya, during during her sort of psychic channeled ritual, she, um, she, she says, um, okay, if you go from Byron, if you go north to the border 15 miles and cross the border and then go 15 miles north to the river, we'll be there. Oh. So I looked at Byron, North Dakota, and Byron, North Dakota is 30 miles away from the Canadian border, and I tried to make that work. And then a, and then a, a listener of the, of, of the, of that, who had listened to that little audio download said that... Um, which I figured out on a map, if you go 15 miles north of of Byron, Wyoming, you get to the mm -hmm. Montana border. And if you go 15 miles north of the Montana border, you get to a mountain range called the Pryor Range. Now, the Pryor Range is a very small set of mountains uh, in, in southern Montana, you know, out in the big, mm -hmm. flat, dusty plains, and this, this lovely mountain range just kind of rises up it's it's not very dramatic looking doesn't have jagged peaks it's peaks it's very rounded and and half of this reserve half of the these mountains are on the crow indian reservation and the this mountain range is the traditional home of the of the little people in the blackfoot <laughs> lore and in the crow lore 
oh my god, I'm just covered in goosebumps here. <laughs> so so I went to Sorry, so going. um and I think I actually talked to I talked to I think I talked to you briefly and you said I was going to make a visit to um this mountain range and, and I talked mm-hmm. to a few people and they said, "Oh, bring tobacco." Just recommended yeah. you bring tobacco. So I bought a bunch of tobacco at a tobacconist, and I tied it up in little cotton, like an old bandana. I tied it up mm-hmm. in little, um, with a cotton string, and tied them up into little, what, little Good. pouches almost. Mm-hmm. And I think I had seven of them. And then I went to the prior range on, um, make sure that I was there the entire day of August fifteenth. I hiked into the yeah. mountains on you August fourteenth. Year, right? This year. Just this year, just a few, just yes. just a month ago now. Yeah. Yes. So I hiked in on, on August 14th. I spent the entire day of August 15th in the mountains. And then I hiked out on August 16th. And I and I left the um, little tobacco things as an offering. It was very pretty. I went alone. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it was rainy on part of the day of this, the 15th, but that was fine. Um, and I just, I didn't see anyone. It was very pleasant. I didn't have any kind of experiences. Oh, I did see a little owl. I have to, I'll, I'll say on the, the night of the 14th, <laughs> I saw a tiny little owl. Uh, oh, real close nice. to where I was camping. Um, mm-hmm. Now, uh, the night I got back, the next morning, just before I woke up, I had a dream. And in this dream, now it was very, once again, I was going to say it's art directed. It looked beautiful. It looked like a, it looked like a piece, it looked like a poster that you could hang in, you know, in like an, almost like an art gallery. Mm-hmm. And it was this very striking image of a raven's head. So, Yellow background, kind of yellowy gold background. A striking wow. image of a raven's head facing, uh, if, if you're looking at the, the beak, would be facing left. And then in very clear block lettering, it said, follow your heart. Wow. And then I woke what up. What a beautiful, that, that's, that's a beautiful gift. What a gift. Yes, and I mean, it was funny because I went there expecting, I mean, I didn't know, I expected to meet like little tiny spirit entities or something like that. I didn't. <laughs> but then I, the only thing that, you know, rings true is I came home and I and I had that dream. And the, and once again, the dream was in a vivid nature, mm-hmm. such a vivid nature that, that I had to pay attention to it. Now, in the dream, it actually, so the it's hard to recall this perfectly. It might have said, follow your heart chakra, but I don't, but I think it actually said, follow your heart. And then, mm-hmm. and then one way I remember it is it had a list of, there's five things again. It had a list of five points, one, two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. And the top one said, follow your heart or follow your heart chakra. I think it was follow your heart. And then the other ones said things that in my recollection were sort of equally as wise, but I can't remember the other four. All I can remember is the first one wow. on the list. That was the most important one to remember. Yeah, number one on the list, yeah. Beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, That's so I don't awesome. know what it means. Thank you for sharing but, but, it. But incredible. it's incredible. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, it, it, and thanks for listening. I, was, I just wanted to get your wow. take on this because it had, um, you know, it, it overlapped a little bit with some of the native lore. You know, and what were me. you doing there? You were following your heart. I was following my heart, yes. It was completely, yeah. a, 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 you know, a labor of... Like, you know, it felt like I had to do it as part of, like, my mm-hmm. life journey. Yeah. It would have been, Absolutely. like, it would have been um, unfair or almost insulting to the universe that laid out all these clues so clearly for me mm-hmm. not not to go and follow it. Yeah. Beautiful. That's yeah. incredible. <laughs> well, Ian, your story is equally incredible. Yeah. The, uh, 
that 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 event on August fifteenth for you. That that is, I actually use that um that story. Like I'll retell that sometimes. Um, oh. When sure. when dealing with the uh, like talking about the UFO phenomena, because the mm -hmm. UFO, I don't think the UFO phenomena is as simple as pop culture makes it out to be. Oh, it's it's another realm. Like like when you get into the UFO world and all the supposed experts and, and just like the the Bigfoot and Sasquatch. That's why I I avoid these groups. I um, you you just don't know who these people are, what their agendas are what their truth is there's so many people you know dissing this and that you know and and again all i can say is follow your heart you know listen to ourselves this, we're the ones who've experienced these things these people who are out there heading up these ufo and sasquatch groups they've never encountered this we have and 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 it's like they we don't they don't want to hear us they don't want to hear our accounts of what we think it is you know because they're the all-knowing all-seeing people that that have you know taken over a lot of these groups now there is quite a few actually um that you know i kind of listen to and and think okay this makes sense and I, it really has to resonate with me deeply in my heart before you know i can i can listen to some of these people and i won't say who or what but i i just you know because when these things happen to you you're traumatized you're you're vulnerable you're looking for help you're looking for an answer. You're looking for people who've been there, done it, and, and they can give you some advice. So we become very vulnerable people. And, and, and what you're, yeah, and what you're okay. describing, now if we turn the clock back uh, a few hundred years, um, you know, in any village, whether that be a native village here in America or that mm -hmm. be like a little Irish village, you know, somewhere in, you know, off in Ireland or in, you mm -hmm. know, some Celtic places, I'm sure every uh, you know, everyone has the same person, and that person would be the shaman in the village, and mm -hmm. that's who you would go to. Now, today, um, I think we're adrift. We don't collectively, as a society, we don't have a shaman to go to. Yeah, uh, and and that would be the spiritual leader, because that's. It just seems t to me that they are ring ringing the spirit out of our youth. They're ringing the spirit out of out of anything um you know it's it's we've become almost a spiritless society where people are hungry for spirit their their appetite for spirit is is insatiable for some people you know they're they're looking for something and 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 again it's something to be very you know somewhat cautious of follow your heart follow your you know your heart <laughs> um because there's people out there who who will take advantage and that's why I do what I do for 17 years is donation only. I'm not saying I'll give you some advice. You can come see me, and it's this, this, this. Here's our, here's here, you know here's my agenda, and and you know I I can't do that. And that's the way I've I've worked for for 17, 18 years now. It's 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 insane. I, I left a very corporate lifestyle, and that was it. You know, 17 years ago, I had a dream that changed my life. Oh, well, what was and, the dream? And then I realized. You know, while we're out there looking for answers, the answers are, are within us. And I believe everybody on this earth today has everything they want to know deep within them. It just needs to be awakened. And 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 once, you know, because I'm seeing the children that are coming in right now, and I know, you know, this will sound very new agey or whatever, but these kids are so gifted, um, 
psychically, <laughs> um, you know, it's almost like there's an agenda to dumb them down. You know, we got to get these kids medicated. We got to get them, you know, put more fluoride in the water for God's sakes, because it, it's it's like they're they're dumbing us down. They're dumbing our spirit down. So for me, when I come in to work with people, I've got a lot of detoxing and cleansing to do. And once we start the cleansing and detoxing process, that's when we start, you know, people are, are, are resonating with who they are, why they're here, what their mission is this time around. You know, it's, it's just incredible, you know, the learning that, that I myself, like every day, you know, somebody's teaching me something where I go to conferences. I was facilitating conferences. Like I never got a college education, but here I am in there speaking like I'm a professor before like 400 people <laughs> and and you know i'm told it's a, a, a two and four hour lectures so I, I i just feel my goodness you know i'm i'm incredibly blessed to to be doing this work and to be sharing these experiences and to be given venues to share these um and all i can say is is you know don't give up keep searching and and just like your message i love it follow your heart because the, the heart will never never lead you wrong yeah. We, we need to start thinking from our hearts again. Our heart's the biggest brain in our body, and we don't, you know, acknowledge it as being a brain. You know, I always ask my heart first. You know, <laughs> I don't know about you, and then it goes to the brain, and then it comes out my mouth. But but that's the process I use. It comes in my heart, up to my thoughts, and then out in my out out in my my breath, because it's such a sacred thing. Everything we say, everything we're sharing, it's a sacred event because it's energy. And whatever we're sharing is going to impact people. It's like that little pebble you throw into the pond. Those ripples reverberate out, and they can come back. So, you know, we have to be very um, thoughtful of, of, of what we're projecting out to people. Yes, and, well, uh, well said. That was very said. Sorry. And, that, and actually that in a way, um, you know, that's the sort of reason I'm doing these these you know audio interviews and then posting them online um oh, i'm trying I to love, do it from i a... love your your site it's just incredible i could spend weeks there just <laughs> oh know, good, make the good. popcorn you got you got so much great stuff on there and and, and i pop... and i've tried to do it in somewhere back in 2009 when i first uh, uh started it i had like a, a you know like it was basically i was wrestling between my intellect and my heart you know mm -hmm. uh you know between my mind and my gut you know however you want to say it um you know my my intelligence and my psyche were kind of you know weren't meeting they weren't jiving <clears throat> and i had to re i realized i had to follow one of them mm -hmm. i mean it's important obviously to use your intellect right you know at times you know you got to balance the checkbook mm -hmm. sometimes but uh and then and then uh but but i but um you know the i've tried to make these audio interviews even though they're uh, you know, whatever they are, try to make sure they're very heart-centered. That that may sound corny, but that's yeah. been kind of a mission. No, it's, it's beautiful, and that's where we need to be. We need to come back to our heart centers. And and people who are listening to this, hopefully, they this may activate their heart centers. You know, and, and make them conscious of their heart centers, because we we're walking around very unconscious people. We're very unconscious, and that's what's so hard for people who've had these enlightenment experiences, because we're all of a sudden, it's life-changing. And, and, and all of a sudden, this mundane life we've been living, all of a sudden, it's got this magical feel to it, and we want to share this. And, of course, when you go out there, you're dealing with people who 
who you know haven't risen vibrationally um, to to that enlightenment, and you're trying to explain this and share this with people who just aren't on your level anymore, and it becomes very you feel so alone, you know, and and you just you know you just want to share these things, and you're coming from a very enlightened place to begin with because you've had this you know experience, whether it be a UFO or you you saw orbs or little people or a Sasquatch sighting or or you've had you know whatever encounter you know you've had that's 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 so magical that that we need to remain grounded as well but just know that you know that that a lot of people out there will be very fearful of of your experience and very harsh and and hurtful and unkind and that's where we become wise that's that's the the lesson of wisdom and and knowing that that these people are out there and they will ridicule, ridicule you they will you know make terrible fun and, and poke jokes and maybe just try to ruin you you know whatever but down the line um, you know because you I believe are coming from a different place now you're more enlightened your heart is more open um, you you're on a you're on a path that there's no return, you know. So you have to basically, you know, learn to deal with it. And and in learning to deal with it, um, you just can't help but but feel it in your heart. And and people do change. I I have seen though people who've had experiences and they they've closed up, they've gone down, they've become hermits. They've they've really internalized it, and and that's where. You know, I've been called to a lot of people who who have had things like this, and and these things happen for a reason. And I think because we become such a secretive, closed-off society, that when anybody's sharing these things, it's like you're 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 schizophrenic, you're insane. You know, they, they give that person some medication. <laughs> so we're we're relearning as as human beings that we're not the be-all, end-all of this universe. We are here on a mission of, I believe, enlightenment and, and raising ourselves up to, to a place where we used to be, you know, long ago. Um, and we're here today in this time, in this most challenging time. I mean, when you look at the negative things that are out there, you know, look at TV shows. I mean, uh, these reality shows, it's just crazy. You know, you've got people on there, you know, beep, 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 beep. All the words are blanked out. You can't even hear what these people are saying because they got to bleep all their language out. It's so negative. The kids' games, the music, you know, a lot of it's really negative. I don't know about you, but, you know, we remember, I, I came from a time in the 60s and 70s, and, and there was very few songs that didn't have the word love in it. You know, there's oh, a yeah. couple of songs today I can resonate with, but... But a lot of the music today is very dark, very angry. You know, it's 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 a tough world growing up as a youth to fit into. It's like, you know, like the Black Eyed Peas song. I love that. Like, where is the love? Where is the love? <laughs> you know, because it's, it's a very challenging place for, I agree. For, I agree. for to be a youth. Yeah. Yeah, very, very challenging. So I think this is where we have people like ourselves have come in here to help. I just kind of look at it as... As, as I'm some sort of a, of a helper here at this time on earth to help people to rise to rise up to those higher vibrations, to accept whatever's happening and gift, even if it was a horrendous happening, 
Look at the teaching in this. Where is the light at the end of this tunnel? You know, that's that's where we need to set our sights to. As uh, you know, you 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 listen to the people who survived the prison camps during the wars, and and it was horrendous things. And then at the end, you know, it, it's it's so heart touching to say, you know, if I hadn't gone through this, I wouldn't be where I was today. And that's that's where I have to say for myself and what our family's been through, I, I got to say that about, you know, the, the challenge of, of what these experiences have brought us, you know, cause it's, it's been tough. It's been, it's been heartbreaking. It's, it's been, it's been a ride, <laughs> but, but we're, we've survived it. And now it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I don't care anymore. You know, <laughs> I don't care what people think anymore. It's, it, we're beyond caring about what those negative, lower vibrational people are going to think of us. You know, we, we are out to enlighten, not frighten. You know, and a lot of people say, you know, oh, this is, this is some fear-based stuff here. And, and, and unfortunately, a lot of some stuff that's knowledge that we need to know about is very fearful place stuff. But once we deal with it and feel it, the fear is gone. And it's a fact. This is, this is what we're living in right now. Um, so it's like when I look at stuff I walk, walk into in some situations, I look at the heart of the matter. You know, we, we, we need to, as you say, you know, um, come from our hearts. We need to, we need to follow our hearts. I know that's just so incredible. Oh yeah, that's good. And, <laughs> I just uh, love and, that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, um, it took me a while to realize to put all it together. It's like, wait a minute. I had the dream the day after I had the experience, you know, like the day I purposely yeah. went on a there's, journey. There's to, no coincidence. Yeah. There's no coincidences. We know that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all meant to be. And and sometimes we're just linked. Like, it's like follow the dots, you know, follow mm-hmm. the dots, follow the dots. And t- sometimes when you start to sit down and you do start following the dots, it's like, oh, my God. And then you pull in from here and this pulls in from there. And, and all of a sudden it's like this picture forming so incredible. And, you know, and I'll also but, add that it pic- takes time. Yes, and that picture is very um, personal. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't. It is. Like everyone's little journey. Like if you actually, if anyone actually sat down and had to, like for instance, if I actually sat down and really told you all the stuff that was going on, you know, mm-hmm. we'd be you'd know, take two days to to tell it all. Oh, I but, know, I know. <laughs> and then it would all be so mixed up, and it would be you know like okay, this is connected here like this, and remember the story I told you three hours ago, it connects like this, and just the <laughs> same well, way that go, August. If you go to my Facebook and it says Susan McLeod Mysteries, like I've I've done a whole page of of just just the stuff that's connected, that's connected, that's connected, that's connected, that you know it just and it's over a period of years. That all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, you know, and this and this and this and this. So it's never ending, and and it just it just seems to flow with with that that universal force of of something. I don't know if if we've tapped into it. It's tapped into us. It's it's just been within us, and it's awakened. I I don't have any answers, and and nobody does. And if anybody does have the answers, I'd be highly suspect. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is. If nothing else, that is. That's the best advice yet. So, um, yeah. Now, definitely. Now, now, what's your your heritage? Oh well, uh, we have uh, Irish from County Cork, County Kerry. Uh, my grandparents on either sides had Irish way back, and there's Scottish. Um, the McLeods from um, were were the 
the McLeods of Lewis, of Rossé. There's a little island called Kalanish that, that I go back to. And then um, in Nova Scotia, there's an aunt who came forth in 1989 and told me that we had um, family and relatives all through the Mi'kmaq um, peoples. So it's a real, a real mixture of, of, you know, earthly beings that, um, you know, we, we all seem to, to go back to, as you say, our, our shaman-like past. But I find it interesting um, that the... The Micmacs traveled to Scotland some years ago because there's such a connection with the language that's spoken. Um, there's, it's the Gaelic language. Is, there's the same amount of words that are the same amount of the Algonquin. So, you know, that's how they were speaking for, for hundreds of years together. They could understand each other because the languages were the same. And that's a fact. You can look that up anywhere. It's wow. amazing. I never knew that. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. That in, and, it and is. just in in this in this realm, um, the 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 amount of people who claim these experiences and then will also share that they have uh, Gaelic or Celtic heritage, or mm-hmm. Native American heritage is is shocking. That that, mm-hmm. that that pattern is very very real as far as what I've seen. Oh, I I I don't doubt it. It's it's funny you say that because I. Um, I make these blankets um, that were were discovered by Wilhelm Reich, and they're called organ accumulators. And I got into this by reading a vision I had of a kachina head that appeared to me. And the kachina is somehow related to the Sasquatches. And the reason I put, you know, join the dots there um, is, is the blue star kachina, the name is, is Sasquahana. <laughs> and I thought that sounds very like Sasqua, you know, cha. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they're, they're, this is what brought me to the organ accumulators that I've been making. And I've been sending them over to um, a lot of people in, in Ireland and Scotland who really resonate with, with this energy that's just amazing. And, and the, the one girl told me, she said, County Cork, she said, is full of healers like the, like, you know, in Ireland, that that's that's where you go to to see the healers is County Cork. She said it's full of healers. I thought, isn't that funny? That's where one of my grandmothers was from. That is. And then fun. my yeah. Mm-hmm, then my other grandmother, her last name was Gay, Susan Amelia Gay, and we trace her back through this this the Gays of Prince Edward Island that are related to Charlemagne. Well, when I heard that, I started googling like Charlemagne UFOs. And funny enough, Charlemagne, there is, there's this old story that goes back to like, you know, 500 B.C., whatever time he lived in. Um, and apparently uh, there was a battlefield, and, and uh, I think I, I'm pretty sure it was Charlemagne who, who had the sword of destiny as well, um, that, that he was in this battlefield, and he, he did something with this sword, and he summoned these glowing amber lights came out of the sky. And this is why he, he was like, had this power with his sword. And, and apparently that's how he died was, was he was on the battlefield and the sword fell out of his hand. And there was a big story about this sword, but he would have been like a great, 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 whatever, uncle, grandfather, somehow blood related to this man. So I, I, I just found that was interesting because when stuff like this starts happening to you, you start thinking, okay, is there something in my blood? <laughs> you know, 
because you really, you know, you really start to research and find answers. And but you, I don't know. Yeah, I just no, that, found it interesting. The, the lineage stuff is is fascinating. Um, uh, I was going to ask a question. Oh, um, so you mentioned the organ blankets. Now, can you can you just share what that is? I know that uh, Wilhelm Reich. Uh, yeah, and I uh, and I have a site. It's it's organaccumulators.ca. And, um, yeah, Wilhelm Reich discovered this energy of the organic and inorganic materials layered, um, gave off this, this chi, this, this, this organ is chi, it's energy. And I have an organ accumulator box that I made, and at night um, I, I, it glows. You can see the, the beautiful, um, for lack of a better word, orbs, like bluish orbs coming out of the little window in the box. Um, the blankets that I make are just um, portable, portable boxes. Ba- basically, it's like a blanket. You can wrap yourself up in the blanket. And, and these were found to heal on a biological level our bodies, ourselves. It, just fascinating. I'm not um, a total expert in it. There's a man named Demio, and, uh, and he is... I, I know he was either married to or was a very good friend of Eva Reich, who was Wilhelm Reich's daughter. Mm-hmm. In 1957, the FDA arrested Wilhelm Reich, and in New York, they burned all his books. You were forbidden from 1957 for 30 years. There was a 30-year ban on making an organ accumulator. So when I heard that, I thought, there's got to be something good here because if the FDA banned it, <laughs> it's got to be yeah. That, there's that, Hello. Yeah, what, yeah, what better recommendation <laughs> could you have? There's exactly. something to this, yeah. And you know, I, I I could safely say probably, you know, in the last number of years, I've been making these um, thousands of blankets. We've done literally thousands, and I try and 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 sell them almost at cost just to get these out to people because there was people making these on the internet, and they were seven eight hundred dollars a blanket, and and you know, mine are are just enough to cover, you know, my sewing lady, my trip to Fabricland, or, you know, wherever I get the material in from, this distilled wool has gone up in price. So, you know, it's, it's been a real, I'm trying to keep these really reasonable to get out to people because they do so much good. And they're very simple to make. You can even Google how to make one for yourself. I, I highly suggest people look into it. It's, uh, you know, the winter's coming up, and put the, the EMF-emitting, uh, you know, electric blanket away. You want one of these. It, you just hang them in the sun. They self-charge themselves. And at night, you know, you'll wake up and you'll think, i got to get this thing off because you're sweating. You know, and I, I sleep in the winter at night with my window wide open. <laughs> and, and I'm still sweating with the blanket on me. Wow. Because it's, it's, it's layered of wool, steel wool, wool, steel wool. And then I sew them in a beautiful 100% either wool an acrylic or 100% cotton covers, depending what people want. So yeah, they're they're just an amazing, um, an amazing thing that that I just happened upon. I never would have heard about this if it was if it was not for a kachina head that appeared to me in my driveway, and that was uh, three months after this. Uh, I I saw this uh, huge, I guess it was you know 10 foot by 15 foot this huge um, head <laughs> that appeared after I had to wait. One night in the woods, we were building uh, property, and and this this head appeared. You know, I was alone. It started as a little blue orb, and it blew into this beautiful head that 
I didn't know what to make of it until my friend who does a lot of powwow um, bending, she had some rings she brought in from the Zuni people, and I saw this Zuni ring about a month later, and I, and I completely had a meltdown at her house, and, and I said, what is this? You know, what is this ring? And she said, oh, she said, that's a sun god. That's Tewa. And I said, and what is this? Like, what is it? And he, she said, well, it's, it's a kachina. Like, I knew what a kachina was, right? <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, so now I'm, every time I was researching the kachinas um, and, and following, connecting the dots, it kept on saying that, you know, because it led to pyramids and the pyramids that were all through North America. You know, we have pyramids in, in lakes in Wisconsin. All, all through here we had pyramids. Now Alaska they found pyramids. And they said the pyramids were a form of a organ accumulator. They oh. were energy sources. That's interesting because, I mean, I've heard a lot of theories about what the pyramids, you know, across the planet, what what their function was. And mm-hmm. it's very interesting because, you know, the... Uh, Oh, they're, you know that is a, that's I a better. They're, they're energy devices. Yeah. yeah you know. um, now, this is a question I ask every person that that I talk with on this on this uh, format. I mm-hmm. ask because um, I've had a lot of owl experiences, seeing owls at very <laughs> curious times. What is up with the owls? What? Well, how am I supposed <laughs> to interpret them? Well, my husband actually carved a totem pole with just an owl on it, and we have them in our driveway facing the west. I, I can't explain it. Um, the owl, when I'm outside, um, you know, if I'm calling a cat or even if I'm just talking outside, um, especially through the spring and early summer, it's like, it's like they gather around me and I, and I believe it's the frequency of my voice. And it's like I, I talk to owls. I, uh, in my mind, I'm thinking something, you know, and, and boom, they're right back. And we'll talk back and forth. So, you know, it, it just became such a natural occurrence to have these owls. But then they were appearing at some really unusual times where maybe I was really upset. Um, and like for, for one instance, we were building our house and I was walking up the stairs and the window was wide open. And jokingly, I was saying to all the workers down there because, you know, some guy didn't show up and one guy wanted his pay. And uh, and I was being very sarcastic, and I'm going up the stairs, and I said, "You can kiss my ass." Well, this owl that was sitting outside the window went, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and, and oh my God, we all just laughed because it was so loud, and and it was almost almost as if he was saying, "Oh yeah," <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, that that was just the funniest instance I can think of. But other times, um, you know. Like, geez, even just um, about a month ago, we lost a nephew, and I'll never forget that night. I, 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 we had these owls here, and I'd never heard this before, and I found out later it was the sound of a snowy owl. We had two snowy owls here the night before our nephew um, was killed on the highway, and these two owls were sitting on the branch looking at our house. And it, they were making the oddest sound that, that I've never heard an owl do. But I've never heard the hoot of a snowy owl. And if you Google the hoot of a snowy owl, you'll hear the sound I'm talking about. It was very, it was a very eerie sound. And I'd never seen them since or before. And when I go back to the original dream I had back in uh, 1992 at 2 o'clock in the morning, I was taken on a journey, and it started off with a snowy owl that came to me. And it was a life-changing dream for me. 
it, it was incredible. I, I flew in the eye of an eagle and, and was taken over, like almost like when you remote view, when you go up, you know, and you're looking down on earth and you're traveling over here. It, it was like it took me on this journey. So I really resonate with, with owl energy, but I've never in my life seen snowy owls like this. And hearing that our nephew had passed away and my oldest cat was, was dead just, just about at my doorstep. You know, it was just, just devastating. But it was like they, they were both sitting there as if to, you know, as if to say. So I, I pay attention when I, when I get owls in that close, you know, that they're, they're definitely, um, you know, talking and making some sort of, um, of gesture to me. Now, there was another time, too, I have to tell you, um, I had a friend who lost her husband and another friend who lost his wife. And it was Thanksgiving. And I knew the two of them were very lonely. And for some reason, they, bo- they both took up photography. So I invited them over. I made an extra big dinner. I said, come on over, and let's just get together, and we'll go for a walk in the woods with the cameras. So when we got way deep in the woods, the woman turns to me and she said, why don't we pray? Let's, let's pray to an owl. And I said, really? And she said, yeah. She said, she said let's, let's, let's call in an owl. And she says, we all know if, if her husband's here or not. And the guy who had lost his wife, he said, the day my, my wife died, an owl came and sat on a tree and fell asleep looking at our house. So they both had this owl thing going. So I said, okay. So we all sat down, and we actually we all joined hands. And for a moment, we just said a prayer. And, and, you know, there was some tears shed and it was very emotional for, for all of us. And then I thought, okay, well, where's the owl? You know, nothing happened. So anyways, the man got up and he says, I'm going to walk over this way with his camera. I said, I'm going to walk over this way. And all of a sudden he turned to me in his face and he, and he, he couldn't get the words out. And he said, uh, owl. I said, what? Howl. I said, howl? He said, owl. And, and then he pointed, and there was an owl sitting up in the tree, like it just whoosh, appeared. And we all went, oh, my God. And now, you know, my, my friend, she was just like gasping, and oh, my God. <laughs> so the cameras were out clicking. We could walk right up to that tree. The owl looked at us. I've got about five or six pictures. I think I posted on my Facebook of the owl of that day that, that came when he was called, basically. We called to him to say, let us know if our loved ones hear us. And boom, there it was. Now, I've done it since. I've gone in the woods, and nothing came. <laughs> and, but that one day, there was the three of us. We prayed, and boom, there he was. It was, it was amazing. It was just an incredible time. Just, just so many you know, owl stories I could tell you. It, it, oh, I, oh, I, I, I could tell you go on and too. on about the owl. I've got them through my house. we got a totem pole made to them. Um, another time, an owl, actually, we, were, we just made a fire. My husband was pumping gas at the local gas station. And um, so my daughter and her boyfriend went to pick him up. Now, they were gone for quite a while. We're only like a three-minute drive. And I'm starting to get worried because I could hear the owl, you know, hooting. And all of a sudden, I mean, right over a, an open fire and about 30 feet off the ground, right over our head, this owl down our road and was flying towards their direction and all I could say I just blurted out I said oh my god I said there's been an accident I said someone's dead 
No, no, you, I, oh, here, let me just interrupt. So you blurted that mm-hmm. out. And that came from a that came from an intuitive I mean did did that just did you have to think about it and No, I didn't think about it. It just came out of me. The owl flew from the west. And and that's that's when I said to myself, Oh my god, you've come from the west and and I believe that's the place where owl fits is in the place of spirit and those who've passed over, to me it's he's a western bird because that's where to me our ancestors crossed to the west. Um so anyways, that's where he came out of the west, <laughs> and, and he flew down the driveway to the direction of, of the gas station. So at about two minutes later, because I was getting in my car, I had the key in the ignition, I was driving up there, that's how certain I was something was going on. The kids drive in, and I'm like, oh, thank God. I said, I was so worried. I said, we just had an owl here that flew by us, and before I could even finish talking, my daughter said, Mom, we had to wait for the coroner because the road was closed off and this man was killed on a motorcycle. And I thought, oh, my God. Well, I, right away I said, let's pray for him. Let's pray for that man, for his soul. And we did. And so anyways, because my son worked at the, the gas station, we got a call from the dead man's brother who wanted to know if he, my son had any more information that day leading to his brother's death. Now, so how, did he, my, how did he know to, to call? <laughs> mm-hmm. How did this man know to call? Because my son worked at the gas station. He uh-huh. was pumping gas that day, the day that maybe his brother would have come and filled up on his motorcycle. Okay. The 507 of Ontario is the Autobahn, and these motorcycle guys, they try and outrun each other's times. But I, I don't think that was the case with this guy. Um, but anyways, it is a known motorcycle road it's it's very famous on the internet the 507 so i guess the man in his grief is trying to 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 backtrack his brother's last journey you know and he would have stopped there possibly to get gas you know and he asked my son you know i think he showed up even there showed him pictures do you remember seeing this guy he really felt there was foul play involved he, 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 it was like this man was hell-bent to, to prove that, you know, his brother didn't die a natural death. So, anyways, my son wasn't home the day that this man called our house. I guess the people, you know, at the, the gas station said, well, here's where Robert lives. Here's his phone number. You can call him there. And so here I am, you know, weeks later. Now I'm talking to this man's brother. So I had to tell him the story. And I, I said to him, I said, the night your brother passed, I said, an owl flew by our campfire, went down the road towards the accident scene. You could have heard a pin drop for minutes on the phone. And finally, I said, are you okay, sir? I said, I hope I didn't upset you. All he said to me was, my brother collected owls. But before that, when we heard the owl hooting, the, we thought we had a man in our woods. Because the owl was going, woohoo, woohoo, just like somebody was like, woohoo. And I, my husband actually said, he goes, sounds like somebody's in our woods having a party or something. Because, <laughs> you know, we, we back on to hundreds and hundreds of acres. So I said, well, maybe there is, you know. And then we realized it was the owl. So when I mentioned to the man that the funny sound this owl was making, this woohoo, and I imitated the sound, he says, you're not going to believe this. He says, my brother used to drink, and he would drive me nuts because, you know, after a couple of drinks, he'd do this, this owl imitation of woohoo, woohoo, and, and it would go on and on. 
and it, like he was known for this. So now the guy is like, you know, he, he's happy and he's crying. And and I told him I had a picture of the owl that night that I believe is the same owl that showed up, you know, that Thanksgiving because it was so close in time that it's the same owl. So anyways, I sent him the picture and he said, thank you very much. He said, yes, this is the owl that my brother loved and it was the barred owl. Yes, he which is a big owl. That's one of the big owls, owl. yeah, that we get in North America. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it just... Just amazing, you know that that alone, that that little experience just alone was just so amazing that I even got to talk to the man, and tell him about the owl, and 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 I told him I said I really feel that that owl was was your brother's spirit. He was passing through, you know, we're we're talking about him for a reason, and I said I think the reason is, is to let you know he's happy, and to just let it go, you know what's done is done, you know live on and and for God's sakes go out and woohoo. Woo-hoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, his brother, sure, you know, he said, yo, my brother loved a good party. Oh, he, just, wow. he just loved family gatherings, and and he, he was just, he'd, he'd do this sound like you just knew when, when he'd had enough to drink. He'd do this, woo-hoo, you know, <laughs> and that's the sound that, because we, we were actually thinking, there's people partying in the woods, you know, but uh, no, it was an owl. Wow. So, now, now, I um, spoke to a fellow named David Weatherly. He lives mm-hmm. in Arizona, and uh, I did a. He does he does paranormal research researches UFOs and and uh, ghost sightings and and uh, uh, shadow people sightings. But uh, during the interview, actually the sound quality was really bad. I, I couldn't figure out what was going on, so it was a little bit mm-hmm. trying for me. As you know, thinking that the the sound quality is not going to be what I what I had hoped. Mm-hmm. Um, in during the interview, uh, he said. Um, you know, like, oh, I had a near-death experience in, in my youth. He had, a, he had a high fever, and he talked about dying. And, and as soon as he said that, um, I just I just thought to myself, he's a shaman. This guy's a shaman. Wow. Now, he had mentioned that he had interacted with some shamans and met Tibetan shamans and interacted mm-hmm. with a lot of North American shamans. And so um, that was the next question I asked after he told the near-death experience. I said, are you a shaman? And without skipping a beat, he said, yes, I am. And I was like, wow. wow, like, and so, so, uh, that's when I asked him about the owls. Now, mm-hmm. here's the interesting thing. I, um, when I, when I heard him, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> uh, when I, when, when I was talking with him on the recorded interview, I was making notes and, and trying to work with the sound quality, but, um, you know, I said, what's up with all the owls? I told a couple owl stories, which I have lots of them. And then, mm-hmm. and he said, um, huh, this is what I remember him saying. I said, huh, sounds like a shamanic initiation. Wow. And then I was like, you know, that is the best answer I've ever gotten for that. I like, yeah, that really resonates with me too. That's you know, amazing. So. And it, that's, that's just wild. Yeah, so when I went back and listened to the to the audio interview, because I wanted to transcribe it, I said, oh, that was so important mm-hmm. for me. I wanted to s- transcribe it. And I listened through, and, and he never said it. He said something differently at a different point. It didn't have anything to do with the owls. It had something to do with my um, mm-hmm. seeking out. Uh, but, you know, part of the reason I do these these 
these uh, audio interviews is is I call it therapy. It's my therapy. I don't you know I don't go to a psychiatrist. I don't go to <laughs> it's a <wonderful> counselor. Therapy. <laughs> yeah, I go to people. I I want to glean some of their wisdom, and I want to you know interact with them. I want to ask you know really pressing questions, and mm-hmm. um, and he, when I said that, he said, "Oh, you're following the shamanic path." But for some reason. I clearly remembered him saying that the owls were a shamanic initiation, but he never said it. And that, that has happened to me a few times where, where like I thought for sure someone said something and it resonated so strongly with me. And then I go back and these things have been recorded and they didn't say it at all. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I, is it wishful thinking on my part or, you know, like in, in, on the same, the same thing that happened, just what you said that resonates very strongly with me. That, that's mm-hmm. a nice way to look at it. Let me put it that way. But, and speaking of near-death experiences, I, I just wrote on my, in my photos on the Facebook thing, and, and there was a picture of me when I'm like five years old. And that's when I, I passed over. I died. And the, the running joke in our family was because the, the, the doctors told my mom and dad that if I survived, and I did, if I survived, I would be blind I would be deaf or I would be mentally damaged. And the running joke in the family is, well, you can see and you can hear, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, families. Okay. So, you know, I just had to comment on that because here I am looking at this picture of myself and waking up, you know, in the the bathtub of ice and and, and remembering the priest coming in and, you know, apparently I'm good to go. I've I've been given the last rites already. So, but, um, but yeah, that was, that was an incredible time that even though it happened to me so long ago i still remember it the the passing and then coming back you know it was it was very very real but yeah i i i really resonate with what you're saying with as soon as you said he had a near-death experience now i i've always thought owls were the guardians of the spirit world of those about to pass of those who have passed i don't know why but i just feel owl is the messenger, is the medium, and yes, is the shaman. I know a lot of, of my um, family and friends um, don't like owls. A lot of them come here and they see the pictures of the owls on the wall and the owl, you know, it's because we've been taught owls are, you know, are deaf, they're bad, or a witch has sent them. I had one man tell me that he was shooting owls because they were witches, and I said that's the craziest thing I've ever heard of, but to him it was his reality, you know. And I thought it was very sad for the owl, um, but this was years ago. Um, so anyways, I, I, I have a big hurt for owls. I really, I really honor them. And, and when I hear them, you know, out there talking, I talk back <laughs> some days. But, but yeah, it's, it's interesting about the shaman that you've met. Yeah, um, and he's a and sweet he's guy, to too. Say. Yeah. Now, now here, this is interesting. So I have my list of questions and Mm -hmm. I, you know, wrote them out. And then at the very bottom of the list, my last question was, have you ever had a near death experience? Oh, okay. Well, there we go. There we go. You answered it for me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Now, so this to me. I can see and I can hear. (laughs) Now to me, like, and I've heard this before, like the shamanic ritual is a death and rebirth ritual. You know, you go into the sweat lodge and you 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 go through a death and rebirth ritual, and then mm-hmm. um, 
and I've talked to a lot of, well, not a lot of people, but I've talked to some people, and they say that in order to become a shaman, you have to have a near-death experience. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Um, and, I, and whatever, I, I'm not into those kind of absolutes, uh, you know, because no, I think that the world yeah, is much Yeah, again, more... it's whatever that person's reality is, whatever their belief is, it will be. Um, I, I, I also um, associate the bat with with shamanistic things because uh, you know we don't it's funny I don't have a lot of bats around but when I have had a bat around I had a very uh, mystical experience with a bat and I actually talked to the bat and I'd say you know hi who are you um, I held a UFO conference in Caucasian five just, years just, ago you just broke up just a little bit just repeat that again oh sorry I held a UFO conference in Bob Cajun uh-huh. about five years ago. And there was such an overflow of people. I mean, people came from Germany and the United States up into Canada, and, and I didn't have enough room at the Bob Cajun Inn for everybody. So I opened up my house, and I said, okay, you, 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 you can come and stay at my house. And I had extra cabins. So I had people, like, on my couch. and uh, So anyways, the, the first day of the conference was really good. We got to meet each other and, and hear, you know, people who were contacted and and had some really wild experiences and that night back at my house we had a big dinner and uh you know people were still sharing stuff so anyways now it's time to go to bed because we've got to be up early for the next morning of the conference it was two-day conference so that night at exactly 3 a.m i wake up in my bedroom hovering above my head is a bat and I'm frozen, and I'm hitting my husband saying, there's a bat, there's a bat, and I got the pistol on my head, and, of course, my husband just crawls under the covers and goes back to sleep. Well, I got a house full of guests, cats, and I got this bat, so now I know I have to deal with this because <laughs> my husband is terrified of bats. <laughs> so I get out, and um, I'm looking for something that I can grab the bat with, and I'm thinking of a pillowcase. You know, if I can just whack it, get it to the floor, I'll, I'll, I'll grab in the pillowcase, and I'll throw them out the door. So I, I get the pillowcase off my pillow, and, and by the time I get to this corner of my room, he flies on me and goes out the door and down the stairs into my living room where there's a man from Montreal sleeping on my couch. Another guy came in from Six Nations, a guy named Doug. Doug was in this other guest room, and he had the door shut. So anyways, Doug gets up. He hears the, the, the commotion, and the poor guy on the couch, he's, he's jumping around, and I'm... I'm saying, there's a bat. There's a bat flying through the house, and we have to get it because, you know, my cats. And so anyways, what happens is we find the bat in the corner, and yes, the cat had the bat, and the, the bat's dead. The bat is, he's, he's totally dead. And I was so disappointed because I, I didn't want him to be dead. <laughs> so the man go, um, on the couch comes with me, and we, I get bags on my hands to, to use his gloves, and I got the bat, and I, you know, put the bat into the bag, and now we're taking him outside to let the bat go. In the meanwhile, I mean, It's Doug dead. You guys just set it outside. What's that? It, the bat was dead, so you were just going to set it outside. Yes, we're just going to set it outside. Yep. So when we got to the back porch with the back door light on, I look in the bag. There's no bat. I, and now I'm shocked, and I'm going, my God, how does the bat get out of here? There's not a hole in the bag. We're, we looked at the bag. There's no way, you know, there's no way this bat has gotten out. We went through the house again. We retraced our steps. Now it's like 4 in the morning. 
we can't find this bat anywhere. So now I'm thinking to myself, this is insane. Somewhere in my house there's a dead bat, but this is impossible because we both, we both put him into the bag and there's no bat. Anyways, we never did find the bat. The next morning at 9 o'clock, we get in, we're ready to start up, and this man, Kurt, from Tennessee, comes up to me and he says, I need a moment with you. I said, well, what's up, Kurt? He said, I had a terrible experience last night. And he says, I hope you don't mind, but I called out for you. I said, what happened? He said, there was a ghost in his room that was choking the life out of him. And he said, I knew the only person who could help me would be you. And he says, I called your name. And he says, it went. And I said, what time did this happen at? He says, believe it or not, he said, it was right at 3 a.m. I said, oh, my God. I said, Kurt, I said, I said, you're Batman. <laughs> I said, at 3 a.m. at my house, I woke up, there was a bat over me. And so, you know, it, it was one of those things, we, we did talk about it during the conference a bit, but it was just one of those things that, you know, how does this happen? You know, don't even try and figure it out. Just just accept it and know this happened. Obviously, you know, there's a big message here. Yeah. And, and to me, the, the message is, is, you know, when you're calling out for help and, and your life is on the line because, you know, you're having the life choked out of you and you're calling out for help, help is there. Boom, it happens. He believes he was saved. Now, we find out later that the Bob Cajun Inn is severely haunted. <laughs> and next time we do an event, we'll be sure to, to have a good smudge, you know, and have a chat with the, with the, with the unseen residences and, and hopefully calm them down and let them know we're there for a good thing, you know. But um, whatever reason that happened, it happened for a reason. But, but I'll, I'll just never, never forget the 3 a.m. with the bat hovering over me. And we've never had a bat in our house since, ever. Wow, that's fascinating. Ever. Now, um, what year was this event? This It the... was um, 2007, I believe. Okay. Yeah, now, because um... I, had, I, I listened to the Coast to Coast show with George Norrie. Um, I used to be a real avid listener. Not so much now. I'm just, you know, tired at night and busy. But sometimes there's some really good, interesting shows on. Um, it's always, you know, interesting to listen to George. So... I I was listening one night, and there was a man on there talking about in, infra-dimensional beings, and he said the infra-dimensionals were Sasquatches, and he went on and on and on, like this guy knew all about the Sasquatches, and he was this uh, UFO researcher from California. So anyways, of course, I, I assume because you're on the Coast to Coast show that you're, you know, you're quite legitimate, and, and George, you know, knows his stuff and whatever, but... I realized, you know, there's guests he has on there that, you know, are, are just random people he has on who have interesting stuff to say. So I contact this man because I'm still feeling that I'm in like some post-traumatic stress disorder from seeing the Sasquatches and I'm still reaching and searching and, and needing answers. And I called this, this man up and, and he came from California. We hosted this UFO conference and then he, he did what he called a remote viewing slash hypnotic regression on me, and he wanted to take me back to the time of the Sasquatches. Like, that was my whole reason for bringing him from California to Bob Cajun, was I wanted, I wanted to go back there. And he was supposed to be a world-class um, regressionist, which, you know, to me, I'm too close to it. I, I can do this stuff, but I can't. You know, I'm just, I'm, it's me. 
So we spent two hours after the conference. We, we met at a, at a cottage in Bob Cajun, and I warned him because I, you know, I had my back up, I must say, and I was very not skeptical, but there was enough things that kind of flared at me, like there was a lot of unease happening at this conference. There was a lot of negative stuff happening. So I was kind of, you know, really observant of everything. My, my, my spidey feelers were out. And I said to him, I warned him, and I said, I want you to know, I know hypnotherapy. And I know how it works, and I know about suggestion, auto-suggestion. I, I know, you know, how this works. In other words, don't lead me. So, <laughs> with that, he was excellent. He, all he did was, was counted me back, and, and he says, okay, he says, you're back in your teepee. And from then on, I don't think he said two words. And I wrote about it later, and this gets really bizarre, because now, <laughs> here, here I'm thinking I'm going to have closure on this. You know, I'm, I'm going to go back and I'm going, to have a, I'm going to be able to see the Sasquatches again. That's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to see them again. You know, just want to go back there and say, hi, sorry I was so fearful, you know, um, just to see them again. Which, what happened was when he did the, the re regression and I ended up back in my teepee, oh my God, I wasn't alone in my teepee. I was visited by a little gray being who had another gray being with her that the minute I saw its face, I, I broke into tears. Um, he told me that I was probably sobbing for 20 minutes. I must say the man was very patient and he was, he was professional and, and, you know, I'm, I'm crying and I'm crying because I knew I knew this being that this this little gray beautiful entity brought to me, and she was a very nice. Overglazes like humans. There's good and bad, you know, with any entities, with any life forms. There's just, good and bad. You just broke up just a little bit. Just repeat that one more time. Oh, I, I just saying that with any gray entities, aliens, whatever you want to call them, beings, there's good and bad. I believe I was connected with a very good source beings they were very loving very kind um he asked what her name was and when he asked what her name was she turned to me and looked to me and almost mockingly said i guess he needs a name <laughs> so anyway she announced her name was zarina and you know i i can't even make this stuff up this is so bizarre so zarina has a message and she said that that November, she was very concerned because there was something coming that was going to hit Earth. And she gave coordinates. Now, at the time, which really amazed me, if you ask me what a coordinate was of a certain place, there's no way. There's no way I, I could have even made a coordinate. I found it interesting, too. Her coordinates um, numerically was 9-11. It was, you know, 36 degrees whatever, and, and, and 56 in another direction or something. And I, oh, I thought, so, okay, so the coordinates like have actually... So this, this is like, pay attention. So the coordinates so, of New York City? What's that? So the coordinates of New York City? It was very close. So it was in the ocean. So next thing I know, um, this, this man gets very excited, and, and after we're, we're done our, our uh, session, 
he flies into the house and he, he wants someone to look up these coordinates and he says, I got to put out a worldwide alert. And which was fine, like I can see where he's coming from, but for me, it just, there was no closure here. Like it was just like now my Sasquatch um, trauma was now carrying on because now we had something coming November 15th and possibly beyond of that year. So so now, oh my Lord, Mike, <laughs> we, we, we had coming that, Let's put it this way. November 14th, I'm, I'm watching TV, and the news comes on, and it said there was this um, space shuttle mission that had been on hold since April or May of that year that all of a sudden went up that night. And I was very curious about it because I thought, well, that's, that's coincidental. Like, there's this thing supposed to be coming in the sky tomorrow, and they were supposed to do this, like, you know, everyone's getting together, and, and we're, we're psychically going to divert this thing away from Earth. And meanwhile, Zarna, the little beautiful gray entity, had said to me, they will try to blow this. And she said, you tell them to adjust by 4 degrees, or pardon me, 24 degrees, which, which was a very important thing that, that was supposed to be said. So this is all over the Internet now, and I'm just going, oh, my God. So anyways, this, this, this rocket heads up, and the guy who was, who was the captain they, they made note to say he was a missile ballistics expert, and that and the commentator said, apparently, I could hit the eye out of an ant in the Grand Canyon. And I'm thinking to myself, so this, this is going up to repair a toilet on the space station? <laughs> They've got this missile guy? So now I'm going, well, this is interesting. So anyways, when I do my, my psychic exercise at this certain time in the morning when this thing's supposed to be hitting us, I had a call to the man because she appeared to me that night and she said, one will not be diverted within four days. And she was gone. And I'm thinking, oh my God. This was the I same? Go, I call his wife in California. You know where this man was? He was at the Vatican with the Roman astronomer. The, 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 Rome, the, the, the Vatican astronomy in Rome. Because apparently he was doing some sort of a, a UFO thing in Rome. And I'm like, get out of here, right? <laughs> so anyways, the day, the day comes and goes, and I do see this asteroid or, or meteorite, this huge thing, and it's blown into smithereens. Now you see a, it in meaning, go ahead. how did you see it? I saw it psychically. Okay. In a vision. Okay. When I was out of my body, I seen it implode. And I thought to myself, they did blow it. She was right. And she said within four days that there's, 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 this chunk that will not be diverted. One will not be diverted. So, uh, you know, on November the 19th, I'm, you know, pins and needles waiting, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. I get up the next morning, and in the wee hours of that night, for the first time in 35 years, in Calgary, Alberta, on uh, Canada, um, they had a, a huge meteorite came down and, and hit Alberta. So it was like, this is insane. This is beyond coincidence. This is just beyond, you know. <laughs> so, so after that, I thought, okay, you know, no more questioning. No more looking for answers. I'm just going to, you know, go with the flow here. I, I really don't need to know anything other than it happened. I'm grateful for it. Thank you for it, you know, for, for, the, 
for the experience and just, just let it go. So I decided I have to let this go. This is driving me crazy. My family, you know, is, is, is just short of, of leaving me. <laughs> but, but this is what happened. That's what happened. And there was more, too, um, that went along during this because um, during this time, I was supposed to go back to this place in my, in my, in my forest to pray in September of that year. So I get there, and this, this spirit shows up, and it's this very tall man with a long gray coat, and he's holding this big book, and he says to me, come back in two days. So I'm thinking, okay. Meanwhile, I'm with, you know, this, this wonderful girl, Dakota, who's like a daughter to me, and she's come, and we've, we've, we've prepared for this, you know. So I said to her, I said, you know what? I said, we've got to come back in two days. So we get all the way back through the forest, and I get home, and I look through the calendar, and the calendar two days from that date was Rosh Hashanah, which is which we just had yep. the, the Jewish New Year. So we go back. Now we've got a third person with us. My friend Donna comes, and, and next thing you know, we're all back in the woods, and it's Rosh Hashanah. So we were meeting up on Rosh Hashanah. So we bake some scone, and you know we put things in in the water, and we did whatever the Rosh Hashanah. Um, uh, Thing was, you know, just to honor that day, and and we we knew nothing about Jewish traditions or anything. I mean, here's a bunch of First Nations people. <laughs> this is news to us, but we're going to um, share it because it's obviously meant to be. So we do that, and what comes is really bizarre. Was the man comes back with the gray coat and the big book, and he hands me the book, and I, it was very dusty, like in my vision. And as I as I look at the book, it says this like this is the book of your life. And then he's gone. So I thought to myself, okay, this this is what the whole message was. He came back on this day because he was holding this book before. And then when we got back and further researched into the Rosh Hashanah, um, this is the day where the book of your life is opened. And I believe that symbolically, this was the book of life for people, you know, this was a day that, that where God comes and looks at our deeds, at what we've done. It was very incredible. It was very incredible. I'll never forget seeing him and seeing this book that he gave to me. It was, it was huge. It was like, you know, the family, the big old Bible, and, and like, this is your life. Now, going back, I thought, boy, I must have had a lot of living to do, you know, because the pages were, you know, it was probably like 2,000-page book or something. It was this big old book. Now, and, now uh, you, you said you had two friends with you in the forest that day. Did yes. they see anything, or did they experience anything? Yes, they did. Yes, actually, I, I wrote it all down. Um, D- Dakota, um, she's got to be about 20 now. and I think at the time she was around 17 or 16. Um, she had some amazing, powerful visions. Um, that that I, I can't recall them all right now because I did write them down, and where things were coming to her and and uh, oh, and the funny thing was is she had a blue jay feather that she had found weeks 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 ago before we did this, and she wanted to bring the blue jay feather with her, and she couldn't find it anywhere. She was quite upset, and she really held us back. We said we have to go, and she said I had the feather here. So, anyways, when we got up off this mound where we went to pray. I had all these mounds in my backyard. Um, there was a blue jay feather. So she thought that was really interesting. 
because that's the only feather we, we found in the forest that day was a blue jay feather. <laughs> um, so after that, um, we had some really weird occurrences happening in my house where my walls were moaning, and I thought to myself, somebody has left some sort of a joke, like a recorder thing that goes off every so often in my room. I had my son in, my husband. He got, he got the ladder out. He went to search, you know, the walls. He couldn't find anything. And that's when I got a hold of a, of a paranormal research team because I couldn't make head nor tail of this. It was so close. So this couple came up from uh, Toronto with all their EVP equipment and and they were, you know, they had it all over the place. And I, guy had a really funny look on his face because um, after they were reviewing all the stuff that they picked up, he says, listen to this. He said, this is communication. This is like coded talking. And, and all, everybody had the same opinion was it sounded like out of that movie, um, oh, God, with, with Mel Gibson in it and, and the aliens land, you know. Oh, a sign like, where they, where they make the, the crop yes. circles, yeah. That was the sound, and it sounded like they were talking back and forth. Now, to me, it sounded like, um, like, like all I can envision in my mind when I was hearing it was was like praying mantis people. <laughs> like it sounded like you know, uh-huh. it, it was incredible. It was incredible. I still have the EVP. It was it was just so 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 weird. But the the moaning left after that. We never. Actually, we moved from that house. We moved from the Sasquatch house, the sighting house. We moved from there. We moved from the other house, and we moved across the river to where I live now to um, we thought it would be, you know, a less active, more relaxed place that we wouldn't be experiencing all this stuff. Um, and, of course, we get over here, and it's, it's just like before. You know, it's just, <laughs> just as active as anywhere else. <laughs> yes, it, 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 it just goes on and on. Well, this so. is this has been uh, so. Just I just looked at the clock. We've been going at it for two hours. Oh my God! I tell you, time flies. Yeah, yeah, oh, and oh. and I have to say that so much of what you were talking about, um, and just your, just following, I guess, the book of your life in a way, um, mm-hmm. is just felt really important to me. Just at my at this chapter of my life right now, as far as um, me trying to make. Oh, sense of my experiences because it has been challenging. It's not an easy thing, you know. I, I've been, I've oh, been no. very, uh, uh, I don't know with any other word. It's been challenging. Yes. Oh, it is. It's very challenging. Um, but I almost have to say, um, we've been here before, and we've done this before, and we're doing it again. I, I just feel that because there's so many things like. I want to say, like, when I went up to Long Lake, I had the chief come to me, and she said to me, like, who's taught you all this? Like, who's your teacher? And I couldn't, I couldn't answer her, you know, because everybody could say, oh, you know, yeah, my teacher was, was so-and-so from so-and-so, and, and he taught me everything, and I, I had no one to say taught me anything. So, you know, talk about challenging at times and feeling alone because there is no one I can pick up the phone and say, can I come see you because I really need some clarity on this. I, I, I just go outside into the woods and I come back with all the answers. Everything is answered. It's, it's, it's all in the woods. <laughs> you just need to go sit in nature, sit, sit and be. And in that silence, everything becomes very clear. 
It really does. But you have to get past the chaos and confusion of, of, of ourselves because it's so challenging when, you're, when you go through these things. Um, you know, just when you think you, you've seen it all and, and done it all, wham, here comes something else, you know. <laughs> and it's something else to go, oh, my God. You know, how does this work? Why did this happen? You know, that's just our nature to think that, other than we should just accept it and say thank you. Thank you, and i got to go home, and i got to vacuum, and i got to do the dishes, and i got to do the laundry. You know, it's very grounding. <laughs> when we used to do conferences and stuff like this, and amazing stuff would happen, and I'd say at the end, i said, well, we all got to go home now and, and do our dishes and, and do our vacuuming, and, you know, because that's what we do. That's we, good. We just that, gotta go and, and be. Yeah, this is the, this is interesting. It sounds like you're talking directly to me when you're saying this stuff, um, <laughs> because this is exactly what I need to hear. And this is other people have told me very similar things using a few different vocabulary words, but basically saying the same exact thing. So. Yes, it's it's very it's very humbling. But yeah, it's it's very it's a very gifted um, path that, that we've 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 been given to walk and I wouldn't change a minute of it, you know, as, as hard as it's been, as challenging as it's been, as devastating as it's been, I wouldn't change a minute of it. Not a minute. We're meant to live it. Good. That sounds, this seems like a wonderful place to, to, to draw this to a close. That's a wonderful, uh, I mean, yes. just that's a way for me to proceed forward. Um, even this afternoon, that sounds like yes. good advice. And now I need to go get in the woods because just, just talking about all this again, you know, it does bring a lot of stuff up, and I can feel I'm shaking inside, so I need to go get grounded and, uh, and get into the woods and just say thank you. But thank you so much, Mike. Good, you are a blessing, and, and, and your work is, is just amazing. What you're collecting there, um, I'm fascinated by, and I love to hear all the other stories, too, um, you know, of everybody um, that I've been looking at on your your wonderful site, and uh, and and God bless you. Okay, bless thank you for for being there for people like us. Yeah, and thank you God. so much for sharing all that you shared. There's there's so much more came out than I expected. Oh, that's just the tip. As you say, we we could talk for a week. Yeah, yeah, and somehow <laughs> and we'd we'd all tie it up back together. So, okay, it's it's been just wonderful, and and thank you so much good, for your good. time and and, and, I, for, I'll, and for I'll caring for us. Uh, crazy people out there that have these experiences because it, it is it is tough. And God bless everybody listening who goes through through these uh, exceptional things and just know it, it's a gift and and we just have to carry on. Well, thank you so much, and oh, I look forward you. to talking to you again. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye now. Bye for now. That was great. Hi, uh, this is Mike. I am chiming in at the end of the editing process. I just wanted to say that I was being really honest uh, at, at the end there, where I said that um, it felt like she was talking directly to me. That happened a few times during this interview. She would just sort of be on a roll, talking about how she feels about oh, her role and and how challenging it's been, and and that that felt like. That was exactly the message I need right now. So that that I was just delighted and just my heart soared hearing that. Um, uh, when I when I stepped into this interview, I had no idea where it was going to go. I had a few questions written down, and um, 
there's just something nice about listening to someone with such a profound sense of self. She was she seems very much at peace with herself, and and I envy that. Uh, these issues are confusing and challenging, and um, it was just nice to hear her um, being really powerfully optimistic. And um, it's just nice to interact with someone who's doing really great work here uh, in this incarnation. Uh, I, I recognize how new agey that sounds, but uh, but I mean it. it she's she's uh, she radiates something, and and it's nice just to um just to drink it in. And and the whole thing it left me in a really good mood. And uh, and that doesn't happen all the time when you talk to people who have these experiences. Uh, I will add that uh, in some of my personal conversations, and she certainly hinted at it here, um, there's a little more of a UFO alien connection than we touched on. And, and I'm just astonished at how these things all get thrown into a weird mishmash. I mean, the UFO thing, the Bigfoot thing, the ghosts, the bats, the owls, the psychic abilities, the healing abilities. Uh, it's much more complicated and mysterious. And, the, you know, the further down this road I go, the more shocked I am at, at the collective strangeness of all of this. It, all that said, it's, it's very nice that there is someone like Susan out there who can give a voice to uh, to the optimistic, big-hearted side of things. If you've made it this far, thank you so much. Bye now.